I'd also like to just commend United Healthcare Community Plan, which is I always knew was a phenomenal company. But in the news yesterday, the company stepped up, and the the gentleman George Floyd that was killed in Minnesota by police officers, United Healthcare is going to be paying for his children to attend college. And so we put that story on our Family Strong Facebook page. So you already know this is our 11th call. So you already know for 10 calls, I have been praising United Healthcare Community Plan. I always knew that they were a company that genuinely cared about us in the community, not just about our dollars. And them stepping up and covering college for his children just goes to show you that it's not about dollars with everyone. Some companies genuinely care about their their clients, the community. I don't even know if he was a client or customer of theirs. I just know that they've been a huge blessing to my life, not just monetarily, but just with their support. So I just thought that was great. If you'd like to know more about that, you can check it out on our Facebook page. Uh, and today I'm honored to have St. Landry Evangelist Sexual Assault Center joining us, represented today by Ms. Kizzy Shelvin. And I'll let Ms. Kizzy Shelvin tell you a little bit more about herself as well as the St. Landry Evangelist Sexual Assault Center. Ms. Kizzy, you are unmuted. Good morning. Good morning, good morning, good morning. And thank you for having us on, Dr. Brooks. Um, my thank you very much Kizzy for joining Shelvin. us. Yes, ma'am. I am the uh, Community Outreach Coordinator for the St. Landry Evangelist Sexual Assault Center, where we offer services of 24-hour crisis hotline, uh, individual counseling, uh, in-service training. We do med escorts and community education and group counseling. Uh, and again, I thank y'all for having me on. Uh, this morning, we'll be doing a continuation of uh, different things to look for as far as sexual assault or sexual abuse goes with um, the kids and teens and just people as a whole. Um, I would like to start off by saying, first of all, we all know that sexual assault is a crime, and it's uh, a crime where it's committing a sexual act on a person against his or her will. Sexual assault is also just a sense of um, where someone wants power and control. And I need you to hear me loud and clearly when I said that the attacker and a victim that has no age limit to it. There's no age limit, no special background. Um, the abuser is usually someone that the child knows and trusts. Sometimes it might be a parent, a step-parent, a foster parent, another relative, a friend of the family, uh, an older child, or even the babysitter. Sexual assault uh, abusers, sometimes they may seem like it's a normal person, but they have so much going on within them, and it may seem normal, but they like doing things like looking at a child's private parts, uh, taking pictures of a child's private parts, show a child um, their private parts, um, or have a child to touch them in a sexual way, or they may touch a child in a sexual way, or even have sex with the child. Um, also, sexual abuse can hurt the, uh, a child's body and their mind, and the pain can last for a lifetime. Abused children may hide their, their pain 
they often keep silent about the um, abuse. And usually this is a couple of reasons why that they keep it to themselves is because um, the abuser tells them what, that it's a secret. So a lot of times they'll keep it to themselves because the abuser tells them it's a secret. Sometimes it's because they are afraid that the abuser, um, that a lot of times it's because they still love the abuser and don't want to cause trouble because it's someone that they know um, and they don't think anyone will believe them is another reason why they won't tell. Um, they think um, that they did something wrong because they're making believe that they did something wrong. And also an abused child, they know how to, um, they learn survival skills. And when I say they learn survival skills, I posted this yesterday on our uh, web, on our Facebook page, that uh, they learn to deny that uh, the abuse ever occurred. They put it in their mind that nothing happened, nothing happened to me, nothing happened to me. So it's that they now, since um, some of them turn off their feelings, both emotional and physical, to protect uh, themselves from pain. And uh, by that, they'll make it seem as though it doesn't bother them. Uh, some of them tend to withdraw. Some of them tend to misbehave, to express the anger and frustration or even just to get the attention, some of them even tend to try to hurt themselves. Uh, and some of them play the blame game on themselves, and it also can trickle into their adult uh, life. Some of them carry it over into their, their adult life if they don't seek the help, um, if nobody knows about it. Um, in their adult uh, area, they tend to like uh, a lack of trust, um, trouble recognizing and showing their emotions, some of them have trouble coping with stress. Some of them tend to have low self-esteem issues, and this is also that trickled over from them being abused, sexually assaulted, and abused um, as a child, so they cross over in their adult life. Um, but I would like to say it's up to us to help the children stay safe as much as possible. We need to teach them to tell the adult if someone tries to abuse them they should tell them tell someone helps because sometimes you're gonna they may tell someone and that person may not listen at that time but if they can if you could teach them just to keep telling until somebody helps uh teach the child that they don't have to keep a secret that makes them feel bad um they don't have to share their bodies with anyone and it's okay to say no it's okay to say no um if a child tells you about the abuse, believe it. Whatever you do, believe it. And try your best to stay calm is a hard thing to do, but if you can just stay calm and praise the child for telling them, tell the child that it was not his or her fault because, again, their uh, abuser will make them believe that it happened because it was their fault. And so it's up to us to teach them and tell them that it wasn't their fault. Get help even if, it, if the child seems unhurt get help, have a health care provider, make sure that the child is okay, um, ask who can help the child deal with their, uh, his or her feelings. When, uh, because, again, when a child's trust is betrayed by uh, an adult, the child may feel even depressed, insecure, angry. There's so many feelings that that child can have going on within them. Um, and then we also know that we have our teens, a lot of our teens that's online, and we have a tendency of not checking 
their uh, emails, their uh, social media. We have a tendency of not checking those things because we think we. Our thought is that well, we taught them to be responsible. Oh, my child wouldn't do those things, and my child wouldn't do this or that. But it happens. It happens. It happens. Um, a lot of the teens. Um, uh, sexual assault survivors often have a difficult time recovering from the assault because many suffered uh, silently and are often blamed for what had happened. But it's never, again, it's never the victim's fault. Um, for when it comes to the team, many rapists are well-known, popular, or even may be in a relationship with somebody. So because of those things and you know those things about that person, you would think that, oh, no, they wouldn't do nothing like that. But, again, we never know what a person is thinking or, or the, the struggles that they battle with, what their background. We don't always know a person's full background, so we can't look at them and say, oh, no, this person wouldn't do that, and then we surprised when it happens. Uh, we have to teach our children that no means no at any point. I don't care if it got to the point where, you know, everything was just all out. No means no when you said no. Um, they are more likely to suffer from um, depression, some of them, um, post-traumatic uh, post stress disorders, um, abuse and drug alcohol. Some of them even contemplate suicide. Uh, but we need to know, um, like, the Internet safety as well. We know that Internet is uh, a big part of our everyday life, but um, what we do know that it can, it can harm, it can be a help, but it also can be a harm because you have a lot of them that tends to do send inappropriate pictures, videos. Some of them send it willingly. Some of them shared it with somebody, and somebody else shared it, and especially if they have these iPhones because they have the iCloud and you can airdrop uh, things. So it's, we have to um, also gain knowledge of, of the phone usage and stuff because there's so much that can be done on the phones and our social medias. And I did a little research um, on yesterday, and it showed that 51% of teen girls said, that they were pressured from a guy is a reason why they think sexy messages and images. Also, we had 15% of um, cell-only teens say that they have received sexual suggestions, um, nude and semi-nude images of someone they knew through text. We also, uh, it also had 22% of the girls and 18% of the boys sent sent out the new pictures. They sent those uh, things out. But we also can help prevent teen, uh, the teen sexual violence. We got to know when to say no. Teach them, for one, be confident about your boundaries. Teach them to speak up if something is uncomfortable. Be clear. Be clear and firm about what you say or are you not willing to do sexually? This is another thing we must teach our teens. Um, teach them to trust their instincts and their feelings. Teach them to respect another's decision to say no. It's okay to say no. You don't have to fit in because a lot of times they do things to, um, to fit in. And I'm speaking of the teens at this point. 
Um, another thing, notice if a friend is in a risky situation and do something about it. We got to teach them to speak up even if they're not the victim, but they see it happening. We have to teach them to speak up and they don't have to be um, afraid. Um, teach them to don't do the alcohol and use the drugs because um, during, through research, approximately uh, 50 to 70% of all sexual assault involves alcohol and drug usage. So that's another thing that we have, we have to pay attention to, and we have to let them know, again, no means no. Um, stop. stop um, these are sometimes when you can stop when you are hoping your partner will say nothing and go with the flow. You can stop when you are unsure of what your partner wants uh, wants and seems to be getting mixed signals. So again, is all in our teaching of what we're going to teach the kid. And we also have to have a very effective communication with our kids because you have to gain their trust. You have to let them know no matter who it is, even if it's another family, whoever the um, abuser is, the attacker is, you have to have them comfortable enough to be able to come to you and tell you that this has happened. Uh, for those that have smaller kids, they have to play the different games, uh, the touch games, what's, what's inappropriate touching, what isn't inappropriate touching. You could teach these, these, these things. And we have to know there's so much information out there for us to help. If you're not comfortable talking about the uh, situation with your kids, if you're not comfortable, there's places that help. Sexual assault center is one. Um, a, a family friend that you trust enough to be able to confide in, maybe you want them to help you um, talk to your kids about these things. But we have to help them because there's so many ways that we can help them recover from it. Um, I strongly suggest that um, when these things come about that you seek counseling. Uh, I know it can be painful, but sometimes you have to have the, the – Sometimes we have to hurt before we heal, if that makes sense. We have to hurt before we heal. So when it comes up, comes about, um, we have to go through the process and, and get counseling involved. Talk to a good friend. Journal. Write down. Um, sometimes you're going to feel tense by it. Exercise to reduce the tense. Um, be patient with yourself because, again, we play the blame game on ourselves so much. You have to be patient with yourself. Talk about the, the pain and the anger, um, so that way it won't have you in bondage. The, the 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 hurt is so much hidden hurt. Again, we can't never ever ever put it in our mindset that it won't happen to us. It won't happen to our children. I can tell you, it happens. And again, a lot are afraid to speak up because we are afraid that they won't believe me. They won't believe me. And a lot of us sometimes as parents, some of us are in denial. We see it, and we're still in denial because we don't want to believe that it happened to ours. And so, again, with that being said, I would honestly say that we have to, we have to get help for our children, help for ourselves, and yes, you can recover from it. We can recover from it.
Again, I also said that sexual assault is never the victim's fault because no one deserves to be sexually assaulted. No one. I'm sorry to parent like a big, long drawn out, but I am open for questions. Thank you very much, Ms. Kizzy. I like the part that you said about talking to our children, our grandchildren, nieces, nephews, cousins, whomever, ourselves, about what we're not willing to do sexually. And I feel like, especially as a parent myself, that's a thing I never thought about talking to my son and my daughter about is, you know, I talked about, you know, abstinence and all of that other stuff, but I never talked to them about what are, you know, their boundaries. And so I'm glad that you mentioned that, especially now that we've become such a sexualized society, I feel, or at least it's so readily available to us. I feel that we, that's a, a very important conversation for parents to have um, because we can't just close, up, you know, turn our heads and say, oh, well, my child isn't going to ever become sexually active. They will, and, and at different ages. So if you have that conversation with them, that can begin to help them. And that's just a good conversation to have regardless to abuse or anything else. That's just a, a nice, healthy conversation to have with your, with your children, especially now that everything is available to us. When we were young, if we heard about something sexually, we could never go and explore that topic. You know, the best we could do is hope to wait to hear some old people talking about it and we sneak in on the conversation. Now, if somebody says something sexual, a child can jump on YouTube and Google and not only learn about it, but actually see pictures of it and everything like that. And so just as an adult, too, just, but when you said that, I was like, I never, that's not something I've ever had a conversation with anybody about. Thank you. Wow. Yes, ma'am. And it's also important, parents, again, I said this um, last time we were online, teach your kid the proper name for body parts. Because, again, um, I know from teaching in the, um, at the Head Start, and one of the kids had got a bit on the breast area, and she named the area. And so one of the other teachers was like, yeah, her mama taught her her full name of the body parts. Because if you just say, oh, he touched my cookies, you're not going to think of her actual private part. You know, you're going you're gonna to think about, oh, it's okay, you're supposed to share. You know, because we're not fully listening because we're constantly moving while the kids are talking to, you, to us. And that's another important um, statement that I would like to make. Be very, very, very uh, effective at listening, be an effective listener as well. Because if you're moving about, the child's not going to uh, say what needs to be said. And even if they say it, it's going to just blow over your head because you were moving and busy and didn't just take the time um, to talk. I know I can honestly say with me, I like to have, uh, even with my sons now, they're grown men, 25 and 21, and I still like to sit there and hold conversations um, saying, okay, what, what happened today or what, um, what's your plan for this? And, you know, you just want to constantly know, stay in, involved, stay involved. 
and teach them those parts because that way when it happens, they'll say, you no, I didn't like that. Such and such touched me here, and they'll tell you where they touched them. Uh, use a baby doll to show them to name the parts if you have to, but just make sure that whatever you do, you teach them the proper parts. And I think, Kizzy, we can expand that to a, a more general thing. Just having open communication with your children, mm-hmm. whether they're adult children or grandchildren, is great just so that you yeah. can be an advocate there for them in any aspect, but especially in a, an abuse situation. But let's say that your family isn't, because I see folks are jumping in the call and jumping off the call because they think that this topic doesn't pertain to them. But it does pertain to them because what you just said was make time to actually listen. Correct. Period. Correct. And that is something I am extremely guilty of. I am busier than Hades. And sometimes when my son, and he's gotten to the point now because he gets to sit in on conversations like this, so my 13-year-old can advocate for me to be an active listener. Mom, turn Mm -hmm. off that. Mom, get off the phone. Mom, I'm trying to talk to you. And one time he was trying to talk about something that I'm glad that he was able to advocate for himself that he needed me to be an active listener because what he was trying to talk to me about was homosexuality and how is he supposed to handle homosexuality at school and my child is in the seventh grade. And so I was thankful that because first off, when he made me stop, my first thought is, is he trying to tell me that he's having homosexual feelings because Mm -hmm. homosexual children are much more likely to commit suicide than their heterosexual peers. And correct me, thank you, I just want to say correct me if I'm wrong. So this was an extremely important time for me to put my attention on this boy. So I'm glad, but not all children can advocate for themselves. Not all adults can advocate and say you're not being an active listener. So thank you for mentioning that. And that's why I thought that this was a conversation everybody can get in on. Because yeah. what's good in, in helping with children with sexual abuse, those are good to helping children, period. Making sure that children know the proper names for their body parts is extremely important. So that, like you said, when my four-year-old twin came to tell me that her brother was having a problem, she was able to tell me he was having a problem with his testicles, which is, you know, which is more helpful than, if, like you said, if she came and said cookies or some other word that maybe we weren't familiar with. And like you said, because we're not active listening, oh, we just brush them off. But when the four-year-old walks up and tells you something's wrong with her brother's sex, testicles, <laughs> you best believe yeah. You stop what you're doing, and you say, what? And those are just relevant to everyone, whether you have grandchildren or nieces and nephews. You might have adult children, and you see your adult children are teaching their kids to call them by these cute names. And I, listen, I'm just coming to this myself. Now that I'm, you know, once I had my second child, I was a little older, I didn't like to hear a little girl say vagina. I'm sorry. But wow. now I understand why it's so important. Because when you give them little cutesy names, it makes it that much easier for pedophiles to gain access and keep it a secret. Don't tell anybody yes. it's just cookies. You know, that sounds like something. Okay. Now, don't tell anybody I touched your vagina. 
what? I just need to tell somebody that in just the words. And so it took, and I know that I'm not the only one who feels like that. I'm just the only one who's going to be brave enough to say it. The first time my four-year-old said something about vagina, I was like, but all my friends were like, yay, good for her, which is the way it should have been. It's the way that it should have been. Thank you so much for that. Like I said, and hopefully putting it in that context for some of the folks can help bring your presentation and make it much more personal and understand why everybody can take away something from what you said today. Because what you said was very important. We need to be much more observant. We need to be active listeners. We need to talk more openly with our, with our community, our tribe. 